0: In the name of God, amen. amen. You're familiar with that phrase, to fall from grace? We typically use that phrase to discuss or describe someone who was held in very high esteem, and through an action, usually something stupid or immoral, loses that standing among those who were his or her admirers. Um, And if you were close to that person, or if you really believed in that person, the sense of grief and Disappointment is deeply personal. So we could think of um, politicians, sports figures, celebrities, all who at one time or another were on top of the world. And then through the revelation of something that they did or said, We watch them fall from that place of high regard. Closer to home, that experience can be with someone that was especially important to us, a teacher, a coach, a mentor of some kind who um, was our inspiration. And yet when something happened, something said, something done that, caused that person to fall from our regard, again, the impact can be, um, can be great indeed. It can happen to us, too. We can be in a place of admiration or of confidence, um, it, top of our game, and then something happens, something we've done, or said. Um, I came across this quote that describes a little description actually of this experience. I'm just going to read it to you uh, because it took my breath away with how accurate it, it seemed. This is the narrator of a novel saying, I used to think that if you fell from grace, it was more likely than not the result of one stupendous error or an unfortunate accident I hadn't learned that it can happen so gradually you don't lose your stomach or hurt yourself in the landing. You don't necessarily sense the motion. I found that it takes at least two and generally three things to alter the course of a life. You slip around the truth once and then again and then one more time and there you are feeling for a moment as if it were sudden. Your arrival at the bottom of the heap. So my admiration to all of those those of you who were our readers today, Jesus' last week on this earth. Who among the characters of that story would be on the top of your fall from grace list? Peter. Peter. Judas, right? One and two. Now let's start with Judas. Um, the, uh, the accounts about Judas aren't aren't entirely consistent. Um, one whole thought, a stream of thought about him is that he was a zealot, that is a revolutionary, and he desperately wanted to free his people from the crushing oppression of the Roman government. And he believed that Jesus was the one, that Jesus was the one to inspire and lead his people to freedom. But Jesus wasn't acting fast enough for Judas, and he wasn't doing the things that he thought a revolutionary leader ought to do. And so, in this line of reasoning, he tries to force Jesus' hand by staging this arrest so that the disciples and all the crowds who followed him into Jerusalem, waving their palms, would rise up as one in protest and bring down the Romans. So he thought that he was doing a good thing. And uh, in so doing, betrayed his friend. That's one way of understanding Judas. The other is a bit more base, that he simply wanted that money, the 30 pieces of silver. Either way, he fell, fell from grace, betraying his closest friend. Now what about Peter? He's, he's more innocent, isn't he? he? He really believed in himself. He really thought that he would never do anything to turn against his close friend Jesus, but he did. Under pressure, in fear, he did the very thing he swore he wouldn't do. I know that feeling. I know that horrible feeling of realizing that I've done something that I never thought I would do. And it's a terrible feeling. Especially when you've let somebody down that you really love and you didn't know you were capable of that. So those those are two. What about the crowds though? You know, all of those people who, when Jesus first comes into town, are so excited he's there. And then within a a few short days could be riled up to cry for his death, the way the story's told. Crowds can be fickle, right? Whole nations can go crazy for a while. Whole people can be caught up in an emotion, positive or not, and, and be swept off their feet. And in an instant, or a series of decisions, move from a place of high regard to a place of shame, falling from grace. But what about about Jesus himself? Think of the experience of coming into Jerusalem with all of those people praising God, waving palms, welcoming him in. Now, the scriptures are pretty clear that he sensed that when he went into Jerusalem, things were not going to go well. But they started to spiral down so fast, so fast. And I wonder what it was like for him And if any one of us could identify with that, that sense of life being so good at one moment, and then to have it fall from your hands. I have to confess that my thinking around this day has been profoundly influenced by the news of that plane falling from the sky in Germany falling, eight minutes falling. And I think about that pilot, that young man, suffering from depression and anxiety, and and what was going on in his life that would lead him to do such a thing. And could you imagine what it was like to be his parents, brought to the scene of the crash with everybody else's, families, and then taken aside by the authorities to be told that their son was the one who brought the plane down. And the children on the plane and all their parents and loved ones now, falling. It wasn't their fault. They were caught up in a moment that took them from this life. Here's the thing. If you want to know why, in our branch of Christianity, we go through this exercise every year on this day, starting out with palms of praise and winding up at the bottom of the heap, in Jesus's life and all those around them, it's because it happens to us. Falling from grace happens to every one of us in any number of configurations. We might be the one who does the stupid thing. We might be the one who thinks we're doing a good thing and actually have it be the worst possible thing we could have done. We might be the ones caught up in the frenzy of an emotion that doesn't belong to us and participate in actions that will later on make us all feel ashamed. We may be the ones caught up in other people's admiration only to lose everything. And we may be the ones caught up in a tragedy beyond our control. All of those things happen in a human life or can happen. And I believe that God, if God could, would spare us from that. But for reasons beyond my understanding, human beings are not spared that suffering. Jesus himself was not spared. And so what this says to us is two things. When you're there, God knows, and you're not alone. When you're there, when you feel the fall, or when you realize you're at the bottom, God knows, and you're not alone. And if you need to be forgiven, you'll be forgiven. If you need to make peace with what you've done, God is there to help you and me make peace. And if we're caught up in tragedies beyond our control, God knows and says to us, hang on, hang on, we will get through this. It's not going to be like this forever. There will be life again on the other side. So that's why we're here, and that's why this week is ahead of us. It's not, it's not the most cheery of weeks, but it is the most profound of Christian truths. And on the other side of this is new life. For us, in every one of the moments we fall from grace on this side of heaven, when we cross over, there is life. And every step of the way, God is there to say, I know, I'm here with you. We're going to get through this. I'll be there to see you through. Amen.